We're beginning a series called Words, Life or Death. And you probably heard that phrase before where someone has said, normally it's said on television or in the movies, maybe you hear it personally, I need to talk to you, it's life or death. It's life or death. Well, uh, words according to the Bible that we speak have the power of life and death. This, this series is based on a book I wrote several years ago called The Power of Your Words. If you want to pick that up, we'll have it uh, in all the bookstores, all right? Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, pardon me, verse 20. Let's start at verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Let me just simply paraphrase that verse. The quality of your life is dependent upon the words you speak to some degree. That's what that's trying to say. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, let me, let me make a statement. If that phrase were not in the Bible, I wouldn't believe it. I, I, I would really not believe that the words that we speak are that important. Not only that phrase, but this thought all through Scripture, that it is so important what comes out of our mouth. When you think about it, everything God created, He, he created through His Word, through speaking. You, you read Genesis 1, then God said, then God said, then God said. Uh, you, you'll never find that it says, then God waved His hand. He never created that way. He only created by speaking. And we were created in His image. So there's something in the area of us speaking that has a creative force of either life or death in our lives. Now, this truth from Scripture has been taken to the extreme. And that happens with every truth that seems to be restored to the body of Christ, Satan tries to distort it. And, and so I want to give you an illustration to help you understand how Satan has distorted this truth and how he destroy, distort, distorts uh, a lots, lots of truths, all right? Um, there was a man one time that was walking across America, and he discovered a big hole in the ground. And so he, he built a hotel and a restaurant um, and a gift shop. You have to have a gift shop. And um, he put out brochures to come see the big hole. Now, this is a true story that I'm making up. <clears throat> okay? All right. So, uh, anyway, no one came to see it. And uh, so his, his wife said to him, you know, I think the problem is the name and I don't really think it describes it that well, I think you should call it the Grand Canyon. And uh, so he listened to his wife, and things began to go well for him, obviously. And uh, people started coming, and uh, it was amazing. Again, this is, uh, you know, I'm making this up, but I do, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you this, this truth here. Then one day, standing on the rim of the canyon, and this visitor says, you know, this canyon isn't so grand. And he knew it was the Grand Canyon. And it offended him that this person didn't see the beauty of what he saw. And so he began to 
unknowingly, unconsciously exaggerate a little bit about the canyon when he talked about it. And he began to go over the top a little bit talking about the canyon. And um, the sad thing is he never left there and he never discovered anything else. He, he never saw the Rocky Mountains. He never saw the Redwoods. He never saw the oceans. Now, I hope you see the spiritual significance of this little illustration. Here, here's what happens. We're, we're, as believers, we're on a journey exploring truth. The truth's already there. It's in the Word of God. But we've been translated, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so, as believers, we're reading along in Scripture, and we feel like we discover something. And it's already there, but we, we discover it. And this happens with truth. Let me take the, the, the uh, uh, truth of healing, physical healing. Uh, someone may have discovered that in Scripture, that God can heal our bodies, and, and maybe even the person gets healed, and, and he begins to preach and teach on it, and, and then he begins to take some fire for it, and then he really wants out of a pure heart people to understand it because he wants them to experience what he's experienced and not to suffer. And, and pretty soon he begins to exaggerate it a little bit or try to drive the point home too strongly. And 95% of his teaching is probably really good. But that 5% causes you to kind of doubt the 95%. Uh, it, it could be the same with prosperity uh, and, and giving to the kingdom. Uh, I, I have to be careful because I so have seen the fruit uh, of giving with a pure heart, and I preach on it and teach on it so much, especially in other churches and other conferences and pastors, leadership things and all, that, that if I'm not careful, I'll go overboard a little bit to try to get people to see the truth. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? And, and that's what happened with this truth about words. That's how we got the name it and claim it movement. Because there's a, a truth that God restored that the quality of your life is dependent upon the words you speak. And, and let, me, let me make a real clarifying statement here. I am not saying that, that we're trying to get God in agreement with our words. I am trying to say that we need to get our words in agreement with God. And that's what makes the difference in the quality of life. What, what God is saying in Proverbs 18.21 is, uh, are you agreeing with life or are you agreeing with death? And you are releasing by the words of your mouth life or death. So this is a series that, the, uh, that called Words, Life or Death. T today's message is called The Value of Words. And by the way, this is going to be an eight-week series because it's going to take me that long to get you straightened out. I personally have never had a problem in this area, <laughs> other than what I just said. So, okay. So, here I have two points for you today about the value of words, all right? Here's number one. Words connect us to God. Now, this is shocking for many people, but I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Words connect us to God. Uh, words are how God comes from the spiritual realm where he lives to the natural realm where we live. I, I promise you. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking, well, you know, uh, no, no, God sent his son Jesus, and that's the bridge between us and God. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the word. Uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Psalm 107.20 says, he sent his Word and healed us. There was a chasm. There was a grand canyon between God and us called sin. And so God sent his word and spanned that chasm. And, and do you know how we get saved? We, God sent his word to reach us, but we walk across that word or the bridge of confession of the Lord Jesus Christ to get saved. In other words, one of the most famous passages, and we'll get to Matthew 21 in a moment, Romans 10 says it this way. Verse 8 says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Now, I want, I want you to notice, the Bible will connect the mouth and the heart many, many times. Many, many times, all right? That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So God reaches us with his word. He sends his word to make a connection to us. Words are how we, we connect to God. But according to Scripture, if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. We speak words that agree. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for my sins, and that God raised him on the third day. God says, when you believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, you get saved. It, it's, it's amazing to me. Again, how the, how, how the reason this is, is it's not just our words, it's that what we really believe in our heart comes out of our mouth. Now, now go to Matthew uh, 12. I might have said Matthew 21. I don't, I don't know there, but Matthew 12. Did I tell you all Matthew 12? Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Uh, let me just tell you right now that this is… Um, one of the most difficult passages in the Bible for people to understand. This is the passage on, on the unpardonable sin. But it's really not that hard to understand when you combine it with the entire truth of God's Word and the context. Many people read it and don't keep reading, and Jesus kept talking. So, so let's, let's read it. Matthew 12, verse 31. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy, the word blasphemy means evil speaking, will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy, the evil speaking against the Spirit, will not be forgiven men. This is Jesus speaking now. Anyone who speaks the word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, that's where most people stop, and then they say, Pastor, explain that to me. Keep reading. Verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Now, let me just give you, the, uh, uh, to understand this, the tree is the heart and the fruit is the mouth. Okay? The tree is the heart and the fruit is the mouth. And I'll show you that, all right? Verse 34, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the tree, the mouth speaks, or the fruit comes. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things or speaks evil, good things. An, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth or speaks evil things. Now watch verse 36 and 37 carefully because these are very strong words from the Lord Jesus. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And that's a pretty amazing thing. Okay, now let me explain this passage. Jesus is uh, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. When he was on this earth, we know that he laid down his divinity, he totally picked up his, his humanity, and, and as, he, as he ministered to people, he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was moving through Jesus, and these Pharisees that were there that day began to attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. They said he casts out demons by the devil, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, okay? So they are attributing the work and power of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Jesus turns around like this and he says, hey, hey, what you're doing right now could send you to hell. That's how strong he says this. He said, listen, he said, here's the reason that you're speaking what you're speaking right now. And you're speaking against the Holy Spirit. Here's the reason you're, you're doing that because your heart is hard. Your heart's bad. If your heart is evil, you're going to speak evil things. And here's the reason it can send you to hell. Because here's the, the according to Scripture, the only person, the only, uh, uh, the, 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 the person of the Godhead that reveals our need for a Savior is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals our need for Christ. So here's what he's saying. If you continue to speak and harden your heart against the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes to you and convicts you, you're going to have a hard heart and you're going to speak against the Holy Spirit, bringing me to your mind, bringing salvation to your mind. And when you do that, you're going to go to hell. That's what he's saying. The, the, the unpardonable sin is not a sexual sin. It's not drinking or gambling. It's a sin you commit with your mouth. This, this is amazing what he's saying here. And it is a, the reason, though, you have to understand this because so many people think, well, maybe I've committed. Listen, the reason a person speaks against is because he has hardened his heart. So, let me put you at ease because many people have asked me, Pastor, I, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. Let me just put you, you at ease. Uh, uh, you, you've not committed the unpardonable sin, and I can guarantee you because you're in church. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you'd committed the unpardonable sin, you'd have a hard heart. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be seeking God. And by the way, uh, you haven't committed the unpardonable sin because you're still breathing. As long as you're breathing, there's hope. It is appointed unto man once to die, after that the judgment. So once you die, there's no hope. If you, if you have hardened your heart to the Holy Spirit, and the reason you speak against the Holy Spirit is because your heart You've hardened your heart. So, this is what happens. They are speaking, and Jesus turns around and says, it's your heart. It's your heart. You better deal with that because you keep hardening your heart, you're going to go to hell. That, that's the unpardonable sin. And, and Satan tries to convince people that they've committed the unpardonable sin because if he could convince you you've committed the unpardonable sin, then uh, there's no hope and you shouldn't seek God. 
But as long as you're breathing, there's hope. You can seek God. Someone asked me uh, a while back, someone asked me, do you think that the devil tells Christians that they're not saved, or do you think that the devil tells unbelievers that they are saved? I said, yes. (laughs) I think the devil does both. And so, if he's told you you've committed the unpardonable sin, it's a lie as long as you, in your heart, continue to seek God or want to seek God. So, you can, you can change that. Now, this is a very strong passage because it says, every idle word that men may speak, they're going to give an account. Now, the title of this message is, The Value of Words. Now, I don't know the exact value of even a single word, but I, I, I know this. They're so valuable that God's recording every one of them for judgment. Did you hear what I just said? That's pretty strong. God's recording every one of them for judgment. And, and, and I, I don't know the recording mechanism that God uses. Some people say we have a, a, an angel who, is a, you know, who, who writes down everything we say. I don't think that's true. I don't think some angels could keep up with some of you. <laughs> i tell you what I do believe. i tell you how I believe that God records every word for judgment. I, this, this may shock you. But I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe he remembers every one of them. And if you think that that would tax his brain to remember every word that all six billion people on earth are speaking right now and every person who who ever has lived or ever will live, if you think that would tax God's brain, you don't know enough about God. It wouldn't use 1% of 1% of his brain capacity. And I'm going to tell you why I think he remembers everyone. Because when you get saved... He says, I will remember your sins no more. I'm remembering them until you give your life to Jesus, and then I'm going to choose not to bring them up again. Here, here's what I'm going to say. Um, I'm, 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 it's, it's, it's shocking to me that God records every one of them, but I'm glad there's an erase button because of grace. Because I've said some pretty stupid things, you know, in my time. And so have you. So, Words connect us to God. That's the first thing I, I want you to hear. Uh, here, here's the second thing. Here's number two. Words connect us to each other. Words not only connect us to God, words connect us to each other. Uh, it, when you go back to Proverbs 18, if, if, if you want to flip back there, or just I'll show you the Scripture. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now watch verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Okay. There's a reason why those two verses are beside each other. And in my opinion, which is right, um, (laughs) this book's perfect. God put every verse exactly where he wants it to be. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and he who finds a wife finds a good thing. The way we connect with God is through our words, and the way we connect with people is through our words. We, we connect. As a matter of fact, you think about any time you've ever had a disconnect from someone, words were involved. You go back and look at what you said or what that person said, and words were involved. Uh, if you want a good marriage, Make it with your mouth. Now, I'm going to say something really strongly. Some of you have a bad marriage because you have a bad mouth. That's, that's true. You're, you're speaking death 
over your marriage and you're speaking death over your finances and you're speaking death over your family and you're speaking death over your health. See, here's the problem. We don't, we don't have creative power. That, that's the error that's been taught with this, with this truth, actually. That's the 5% that's error. In other words, as believers, we can speak and you can just say, like, name it and claim it. You know, you, you name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you know, all, all that stuff. Okay. Listen, you can't do that. I've, I've tried it. There, let there be a red Corvette in my driveway. Okay, there's not one, a red Corvette. Okay, it just doesn't happen. God's the only one that can say, let there be life. But our words either agree with God's plan for our life or they agree with Satan's plan for our life. Every word we're speaking is either releasing life or releasing death in our lives. And it's the same with your marriage. Uh, let me uh, show you a scripture about this. Ephesians 5 verses 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now watch verse 26. That he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Okay. Here's how Christ cleanses, washes his bride with words. Okay, let me ask you husbands a very simple question. Are you washing and cleansing your wife with your words? Or are you defiling her with your words? Here's another one, because we, we sometimes we think, well, we're helping her. Are you washing her gently? Or are you sandblasting her? Uh, it's very important what you say to every person. It's very important what you say to your spouse. Debbie and I are shocked. We are shocked at how some people talk about their spouse to us with the spouse standing right there. I prayed about whether to say this or not because some of you may look back and feel convicted, and I, I don't want you to feel condemned, but I do want you to always feel convicted because conviction is a good thing. It helps us. Um, I've had ladies say to me in Guest Central with their husband standing right there, you know, my husband's not spirit-filled. Uh, you know, I'm glad he's coming to church with me. It's like a backhanded slap. I'm glad he's coming to church with me, but, you know, he, does, he, he's, he's not, he doesn't come very often. And the guy's standing right there. Why, why would you say that? Do you, do you really think that that encouraged him? Because, I, listen, I look at his face, and he's embarrassed because you said that to the pastor of the church. It, it's, it's, it, I, I'm not trying to be condemning but I am trying to be convicting. Stop speaking death over your spouse. It, it, listen, if your husband only does one thing well, figure out what that is and, and compliment him and talk about it all the time. If the only thing he does well is, is get up in the morning, tell him, you are the best getter-upper in the world. <laughs> I mean, you, every day at 10 o'clock, you get out of bed. It's It's fantastic. And tell everybody else that he's a good getter-upper. <laughs> I, I know that God has used me in the kingdom, and I, I know he's used you as well, but I want to use me as an example. Let me tell you why God has used me in the kingdom of God. Because my wife spoke good words over me before I deserved them. When, when you read about, in Proverbs 31, about a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman, it says her elder is respected, an el her, her husband is an elder in the gate city, which means he's respected in the, in the community of God. Okay, but it attributes it to her, to, to the wife, 
not to him. If you want a good husband, make him with your words. You might have the exact husband that you've made with your words. You might have the exact wife that you've made with your words, sir. It is extremely important for us to speak life in our family. You are allowing God to bless you, or you are allowing Satan to come into your family with your words. This is the Bible. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And again, we're going to spend eight weeks on this. So it's not just one message on it. We're going to see how, how important it is, all the words that we speak. Now, I was thinking about uh, this message, and uh, I kind of had a humorous thought. I wonder how quiet it's going to be in the lobby after this message. <laughs> I wonder how many of you are going to see someone you know and just kind of, And they'll just do it back. <laughs> I actually uh, was speaking to someone after this last uh, service, and um, the husband said to me, thank you. We, we, we had a good talk after the service that we needed to have. Because let me give you a key as I finish here. Um, let me give you the seven divine words to healing every relationship. Okay. The seven divine words. I don't like the word magic. So, the seven divine words to healing every, every relationship. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Remember, words connect us to God and words connect us to each other. Let me tell you how you get reconnected to God. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Let me tell you how you reconnect with your spouse or your kids. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Now, I said seven. Let me tell you the six words that come short of healing a relationship. I need to ask your forgiveness. Let me tell you why those come short. Because people have said to me, I need to ask your forgiveness. Here's what I'm thinking. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. If you need to, go ahead and do it. And most of the time, they never get around to it. They just tell me they need to. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? The same vehicle you got in to drive away, to, to literally drive away from a person or God is the same vehicle you get in to drive back, and that's your mouth. In other words, you said something that, that, that blew up a bridge between you and another person. If you want to build that bridge back, you say something to rebuild that bridge. And let me just remind you, it's never too late as long as you're breathing. It's never too late to repair your relationship with God or to repair your relationship with someone else. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. The reason I ask you to close your eyes at the end of every message is not to manipulate you in any way. If you're new here, if you've been here a while, you know that. But if you're new here, it's not to manipulate you. It's to give you a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak specifically to you. In other words, I, I, I talked about words today in our mouth, but what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? It's like the husband that said to me after the last service, um, thank you, we had a good talk. And I said to him, did you tell her you were wrong? He said, yeah, I did. You know, 
it's possible that the Holy Spirit will speak something very specific to you you need to ask forgiveness for. Maybe you made a comment like, if it weren't for the kids, I wouldn't be here. Those words are an open door to the enemy. And you need to close that door. We, we want to pray for you. At every campus, every campus, we want to pray for you. If you're going through any type of difficulty, maybe it's in this area. And all of us, every one of us are convicted after this message. Every one of us, I'm convicted. But we want to pray for you no matter what you're going through. Maybe it's in your business, your finances, your job, your health, your marriage, your family, your relationship with God. If you're new here, we do this every week. We ask that no one leave. We have one more worship service unless you have an emergency. We understand that. But we just have one more, not one more worship, one more song, one more worship song. And during that time, we'll have leaders at the front of every campus. And even if, if there's an overflow room, we'll have leaders at the front of that overflow room. And what I want you to do in just a moment when we stand, no matter which campus you're attending or which room you're in, as soon as we stand up, if you'll just simply stand up with everyone else and then just step out, just make your way. It makes it easier when the people are standing to get to the front. And you just step out and come to the front of the room where you are, the front of the, the campus where you are, and there'll be leaders at the front to pray with you. These are people we know, people that we love, people we trust, people who've been trained, who are leaders here at the church. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, especially if you need to connect with God, because you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and we can help you do that. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, no matter which campus you're attending, as soon as we stand up, you just stand up, step out and come and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any need for prayer at every campus in Jesus' name, amen.